Hello and welcome to Midlife Crisis, the show where I think Kevin has unplugged himself from the internet, and I don't know if we're actually streaming or not. We we are. I'm your host. My camera's just died. Give give me a second. I'm your host, Spencer Crittenden, and 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 and, and joining me is the blurry, the uh, the invisible, the unplugged and uncammed the uh the recammed the live camming with the with the eli manning the cyberman with the 10-year plan the nfd with the bfp i guess that's supposed to be penis the spinner of plates and the master of baits kevin i'm not gonna read this kevin kevin day everybody he's here with me um what's up how's it going uh, doing great doing great yeah my my phone just fell right as the show started perfect timing for that yeah uh, everything's doing great here got back from la uh yeah doing good how was your week oh boy oh boy how's my week oh boy um how's how's my week oh boy okay uh i do have a story but i i feel like first we might want to hit the audience with a um a jeff update right yes um so you have the do you have the news the news time uh yes the song what do you call it i don't know whatever oh yeah that's it it's time for the news it's the weekly jeff update uh or you know if we use uh you know as jeff might say news time news time where the fuck's jeff um so this is the update uh this one is actually kind of my fault i guess probably where we last off, left off, uh, Jeff had said he wasn't going to be at the show, and he had said he was going to be back, and we can coordinate then. Um, he said, uh, yeah, I'm free and home the 18th. And yeah, we said, awesome, we'll coordinate that. And so I text Jeff at, what is this, the 20th, which, see, this is why it's my fault. And I said, so you're back in town? Oh, no, I said, wait, Jeff, are you back in town? And he responds, back in town Monday. Which, you know, I guess, I guess if he left town Wednesday or Thursday, because he says back in town, he said he was going to be back in town the 18th, right? That's Tuesday. Right. So if he was back in town the 18th, in town Wednesday, or left Wednesday, or in town Wednesday, and then left Thursday, then what he's saying might be true. So I don't know. But so I, yeah, I text him on Thursday, uh, back, you back in town? And he's like, no, I'm back in town Monday. And I'm like, okay, I'm checking the thing. And it's like, Monday's the 24th. That's not, how does this square? But you know, I'm telling you guys, the audience with the, with the wisdom of not, of knowing and of thinking about this, not, not my live reaction. Um, but so uh, then, uh, yeah, he says, I don't go away again until the 18th of February. So, you know, if that's true, we might be, let's see, one, two, we might be getting up to three episodes of Jeff um, coming up here, you know, and I certainly, 
I think you can take off one, you know, uh, as just for fun. And um, so, you know, you got two, and then I think you still have to subtract another one, um, you know, just because. But so that's like, you know, we're at one and two. This could be one and two shows with Jeff, you know. This could be... This could be cool. We might be able to get him to um, record uh, some wild lines for the for the soundboard, you know. And then we can have a lot more Jeff, no matter what, you know. I, I can't wait. I'm at the edge of my seat. Yeah, um, I, I think maybe we. I was thinking maybe we should just go back to some old episodes of whose line is it anyway, and just pull some Jeff lines, you know, and isolate them, and then he could be all like, "You're a screwdriver, madame," or you know, whatever short form kind of improv things make sense with the props that are being held, you know. I don't know, but yeah, uh, but oh shit, I think I'm blowing out the. I usually when I'm when I'm streaming on Twitch, I stream on Twitch. You could check me out at Twitch tv slash the sixler and when i'm streaming on twitch i turn up my volume all the way on my mic because i just kind of mumble i'm just kind of like oh, yeah i gotta jump over this goblin and stuff and um so i needed a maximum sensitivity but when i'm podcasting i'm really you know jazzed up and energetic and stuff um so it's bad for that to happen um and i was blowing out the mic all the time but okay so my life update i did a bad thing, Kevin. I, I seek your cyber Christ-like atonement. Um, you know, this is a confessional. I, you know, I just, I try to be a good person most of the time. I try, I specifically, not to be a good person, I specifically try to not get into people's ways and to stay out of the way. I own a cat named Jason. She's very like me. And sometimes she tries to get out of my way and she gets right out of my way, right into the next place where she's about to be in my way. And I can be like this too. And so it can be a frustrating nerve wracking position, but then, but then, but I, I work really hard to try and not be in anyone's way, but you know, the, that's, that's when I'm on my best days. Um, sometimes I don't have a good day, but, but okay. So, but also, I don't know. I don't know if this is an experience you've had Kevin, but this is my whole life is I'm walking down the sidewalk and there's three people kind of essentially linked at the elbow, you know, flanking the, you know, flanking each other, walking down the whole sidewalk. They're taking up the whole thing. They're not looking where they're going. They're just forming a wall of meat. And so it's like, I guess I have to get off the sidewalk because otherwise I'm just going to collide with these people, you know, and, and sometimes you don't collide or sometimes you don't get off the sidewalk. You kind of turn to the side and be all like, oh, maybe I can squeeze through them. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes they do break apart and you get through. Sometimes you just hit them. Sometimes you walk into a person or a group of people walking down the sidewalk that's not looking. They just blast completely into you while you're going, are they really going to knock into me like this without looking? And then when that happens, they glare at you as if you just willfully tackled them and not, you know, you were just being like, like what is about to happen and you know trying to dodge maybe you don't have time to dodge maybe you are mid dodge and they it's not enough time you know anyway this has happened to me a lot it's really frustrating because i i don't know i it it makes you just be like well well how does the rest of society function 
when stuff like this happens is everyone constantly getting out of the way is everyone constantly expecting everyone to get out of the way what am i supposed to do here am i supposed to be an asshole and just blast into people all the time i have no you know has this ever happened to you is this a me thing no this this does happen and i think sometimes people are just oblivious to their surroundings and just absolutely do not realize that other human beings exist for a short period of time yes right i i agree with that take and i think for me it's especially triggering is not the right word but let's use it um it pisses me off like a lot more because i feel like i'm just trying so hard to be out of the way and again who's to say i'm doing it right i know there's instances where i'm doing what my cat does and i'm trying to get out of the way but i just can't help be more in the way and it sucks so you know who knows who knows how successful i am but that's that's the head that i have going into this incident that i'm about to tell you about in which i fucked up and i'm confessing um and and so so i went on a hike it was good it was it was let's side note i went on i've been going on this hike i've been trying to reach the holly hollywood sign i haven't quite made it i might be able to make it if i go all out but it's like i don't want to overextend myself being you know going away from home you know i want to be on my way back when i start overexerting myself you know especially on an unknown journey on an unknown distant hike like you shouldn't overextend otherwise you get trapped on a mountain um so so i yeah so i've been i've been enjoying myself on the hike and i was listening to podcasts and i was listening to the podcast it was a radio lab recent radio lab and it hit me so hard i was on like the very first part of this hike is like this really steep um incline and no other part of the hike is as uh, hard as this part. It's at the very beginning. And you can actually bypass it by taking this really long meandering route. Um, uh, but but that ends up being more tiring than just powering through this like initial kind of escalation. Anyway, I was I was powering through listening to this podcast and they were talking about loss. And it was this guy whose wife died and it was just really sad. And um, and they just hit me with this line that every time I think of it, it like really makes me tear up. I think I'm amped up, so I don't know if it'll make me tear up. But 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 it's like the guy was he was talking about how despaired he was and stuff, and he reached out to someone, and the guy wrote him like a, the he the person he reached out to like wrote him a message that said different stuff, and one of the things it said was what did it say? It said, hmm. oh, it said grief is praise of like lost love it's it it's still kind of like getting me a little bit grief is praise of like the love you shared with a person that's like gone now and stuff and you know the magnitude and the depth and the all encompassingness uh, of that grief is is an utter reflection of the light that that person you know had in your life and the love that you were able to share with that person and and it just hit me so hard i am tearing up but it, it, it hit me so hard while i was just powering up this hill that i started like hyperventilate sobbing i was like <laughs> and and i and i've never had to sob emotionally in the middle of like really strong physical exertion you know usually kind of like the adrenaline and all tamps that down and you're kind of a little bit dissociating and and like and you just yeah but so it was like man this is so weird to just be knowing that my emotions are causing me to just gasp for breath but also i am really tired and trying to walk up a hill <laughs> you know i don't know it was it was a really weird experience anyway um 
I just wanted to talk about that because it was a really touching thing. I love touching things. I love, you know, I don't know. I haven't suffered a love of, uh, too much grief and loss in my life. And, uh, you know, when people uh, uh, deal with stuff like that, I struggle with what to say. I have a couple things in my pocket that I say. Um, but something like that, I think, is really beautiful. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to probably, you know, try and use that in the future if I think it may help someone. I don't know. Um, it's still making really, really sad <laughs> well not sad i don't know um but i i'm more uh i don't know what you call it sentimental in my in my in my older age just listening just watching a movie and like a music swells and you see like the sunset is enough to like set me off and it's not like i'm sad it's just i guess you'd say i'm touched or something and it's more like that kind of emotion than anything else but it fucked me up anyway um the incident so it was after a hike such a hike to the hollywood sign i was really drained i was like you know what <laughs> i'm such an asshole this is such a bad story this is not the kind of thing i usually uh talk about too widely because i like to maintain an image of a at least half decent person and stuff like this absolutely shatters it and reveals the worm beneath um but so i was like you know what i need is some fucking arby's and i go to the arby's the Arby's in LA. There's, I'm sure there's more, but there's one Arby's in LA. It's, uh, it's by Netflix, like Netflix's LA headquarters. It's on Sunset. It's got a giant roast beef sign, you know, uh, a classic Arby's. And it's got two entrances to the driveway. It's got a normal, you know, what you call a normal one. And then because it's situated near an alley, it has this back alley entrance. And that's usually the one I take. The back alley entrance has parking spaces all throughout it because it's more of a parking lot alley than it is meant to be an access to this um, this drive through. So I pull into the alley and I'm pulling forward slowly because again, this is a parking lot. Cars could start moving. And, and as I'm pulling through the parking lot, but before I've straightened out because I'm turning to enter this alley, before I straighten out uh, a Tesla starts backing out the, you know their lights turn on they start backing out and i don't know there's a kind of person that's an asshole and the kind of person that's an asshole driver they they follow car trends i don't know how they get the message and if they update immediately or if it's just the nature of the beast maybe the power of the car empowers people to be morons and pieces of shit. i don't know right now tesla is having a moment and that's the moment is it's being the asshole car i think maybe at a point maybe there's priuses i always associate this with really nice muscle cars like european imports and stuff because the people are just doing crazy stuff they're the people that'll rev their engines and honk at you and then like do an illegal move to get ahead of you one car length at a stop sign and then glare at you the rest of the stop sign you know people that are just doing crazy shit they tend to drive cars that i just kind of group together and again i see tesla's doing it now and so i'm like of course this fucking tesla is backing up they're gonna hit like if i keep going because they're pulling out without looking with like who's in the line they're gonna hit my car before i'm all the way through before i'm about half like about when i'm halfway through they're just gonna t-bone me but you know it, it, it will be, have been their fault backing out without looking but i'm aware of the situation and i'm preventing it by stopping short you know so they don't hit me because they're not going to look i know they're not going to look because they're fucking teslas now kevin uh are you comfortable admitting that you have a tesla sure yes so now when you back up in the tesla it has a backup cam right yes yes it does where's the backup cam 
the, the camera physically is is by the no lights. no where does it display for the driver okay there's a gigantic screen that's like the size of a tv in the middle of the front console it shows up on there right and now don't teslas have this feature this is like my legal case when i'm at court for like manslaughter or something and um like isn't there a feature where you see a simulation of your car with lines around the car demonstrating how far it is from certain things when you're parking is that still a thing yes where is that in the car for the display um right in the center like by the steering wheel right ahead of you yes. yes so it's like it's it's sensors on the tesla that are proximity sensors the closer your car gets to another entity the the more the line gets red or something so right, and the more frantic I, it starts beeping yes right and a normal person i think would normally look at the backup camera because that's a great view but i think there's just something about teslas that the eye is actually drawn to this weird model of the tesla and these lines and beeps i don't know again you if you can't if that's not your your perspective you know whatever but I, i've messed around with the tesla a little bit and i was very drawn to it myself uh, can you speak to this yeah i think people who are not experienced with driving a car that has that level of features and automation and things like that it can be very distracting and so, a little bit overwhelming because the car does so much for you that you're kind of, you get into this mindset of, I don't have to worry about anything because it's handling it for me, which sort of is counterintuitive because the only time you need to react is in an emergency and you're generally not ready for it then because you're, you're right. so complacent. Right. That makes sense. But so I, I so so my working mental model of what happens, I think the lady is talking. I think she's either looking at this model or not looking at it. I don't think she's looking at the backup cam because I'm close enough and there's a fisheye lens on most of the backup cams that I think she'd see my car being way too close to her. So 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 she's pulling out, she's pulling out, she's pulling out, she gets all the way out and starts to straighten her tires and she looks up and she sees me and is like in registering that I'm there as a car and it's like, wow, this car is way too close and it's blocking both lanes of traffic. What happened? Like that's, that's what I believe her perspective to be. Cause she's not paying any fucking attention. She's not looking at her surroundings. And, and so, so I see the moment she realizes my car exists. And again, I have baggage. I try to not get in people's way. <laughs> I try to accommodate people. And sometimes you see someone who's walking down the sidewalk and is going to hit you. And it's like, you know what? No, I'm going to brace myself and maybe even lower my shoulder a little bit. So when this person hits me, they're going to fucking hit me, you know, and they're going to see what it's like to walk through a world where people act like them. And that's not a good instinct. That's a terrible instinct. It's arguably one of the worst instincts in the world. And one of the reasons why the world's so bad, it's a bad thing. I shouldn't be doing this. But so in that moment, when the lady's like registering that I'm the asshole in her perception, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just not going to move. I'm not going to get out of her way. She thinks I'm blocking her way she blocked my way the only reason i'm still blocking the way at all is because she blocked my way completely without any awareness if she wants to solve this problem and unblock the way that is blocked she will have to submit to me and i'm gonna you know go in and then i will continue my car i'm not backing up i'm not gonna do anything i'm not gonna do any of this and so i get on my phone 
and I start waiting because it's like I've been, and this is a situation I've been in maybe once or twice before where uh where it's like no i'm not gonna back up you can back up or you could sit here i know what i have to do today fucking nothing i don't know what you have to do anything uh do today you know what is it gonna cost you because i know what it's gonna cost me and i'm already paid you know so like it's not a good thing to do but i was in that situation where it's like yeah no i'm just gonna wait so cut to uh 10 minutes later <laughs> i'm still blocking <laughs> The parking lot a couple cars have come the people behind me have left because they realize nothing's happening but the cars the other way are kind of blocked getting out from me you know so so people start approaching me and so i've been worried about the pandemic right so i've been carrying around a gas mask with me and so people are knocking on my window wanting to talk to me so i pull on my gas mask and i put on my gas mask to be safe and i start talking to them and of course i'm wearing a gas mask so i i have all the charisma of like a muppet and i'm like <laughs> and they're like you know can you move and i'm like yeah i'll move yeah i'll move you know just all all you have to do is get her to pull back into her spot and then i'll move along unblocking the road and then we'll all get back to business this could have happened at any time you know it's been 10 minutes i was expecting it to happen what how ridiculous that it's gone so long but i'm you know surely if we want to solve the problem and not be mere assholes we could solve the problem here's how to do it you know but they the, you know clearly my charisma is not what i want it to be and it's you know I, i'm becoming the bad guy in this situation who knows how you know i i can't imagine why it's so obvious that she's the bad person in this situation and so one of the guys is like okay well i'm parked over there i'm gonna pull my car out of over there i'm gonna bring it over here and uh if you're not gone you know we're gonna have a problem and i'm like no well i told you i'll leave when she moves back in other than that i'm not moving if you want me to move i'm not going to the you can do what i'm asking and then i will move or you can wait you know <laughs> and he wasn't happy with that and so he walked away and uh he does that and so now he like wedges his car to make like everything more complicated and impossible to move and he gets back out and is like can you move and i was like no i told you how i'll move i'll move when she gets back in the spot and he's like well i'm blocking her now she can't get back in the spot and i was like yeah that's why i suggested you don't do that when you said you were going to do that and i told you not to because that's not going to solve the problem i told you how to solve the problem if you want to be an asshole and be stubborn i can do that too because again i have all day part of the guy his story is i'm going to get to work i'm going to be late for work and so it's like yeah i'm sorry you know if you want to be late if you want to get to work really quickly i got a great solution <laughs> i got a great solution i've been saying it you know um and so he's like you know i gotta be late to work and i'm like yeah but that's not i'm not doing it i'm not moving i'm not moving i'm only being as stubborn as you and they're like why do you gotta be such a dick and i was like i'm only doing what you're doing in a different direction you know and so eventually they guide her car because you know you, you when you have help you could go back here cut the wheel you know and she, and so there is actually a, a small space for her to move in and honestly a competent driver could have moved to that space very easily the whole time but she wanted me to move because she thought I fucked up and wanted me to you know own up to my mistake which I fucked up by uh, not being the bigger man but I did not fuck up you know by being in that situation in the first place she caused that mess everyone like the whole thing is she took a shit on the floor and then looks at it and be like why did this guy shit on the floor I hope he cleans it up and it's like bro 
I'll clean up your shit, but you have to admit it was your shit. You know, otherwise, you know, you can clean up your shit and pretend you just cleaned up this random man's shit. That's fine with me. I'm fine with that, but I'm not going to apologize for shitting your shit that you shit on the floor and then clean it up for you. I'm not going to do that. But they eventually pulled, you know, they guided her through and then the way was clear and I was able to go forward without backing up. And so I was so ashamed and, and jacked up on adrenaline that I can never go back to the Arby's again. So I'm never going back to that Arby's again. And it's a shame. Um, but you know, I deserve it. I think that's a fair penance, uh, for winning that moment. You know, Oh, uh, I hesitate to bring up this part of the story because I think there's a, I'm not coming at this from a white grievance angle. But there's if you if, if a racist person heard it, they would interpret it a dog whistly way. But as the lady was getting guided through, um, she sees me again and I could hear her because my window's down and she's like, is that guy white? And of course, the, the two Tesla drivers are Asian women. And I'm like. You didn't know what race? It's been 10 minutes. I saw you the whole time. You never looked at my head 10 minutes into this whole episode. You don't know what race I am. What the fuck? Why can't you pay any fucking attention? This is the whole problem. Anyway, uh, I can't go back to armies anymore. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really fucked up. I feel bad about it. You know, I, I don't know. Um, so, uh, but you know, it's not a good moment. It's, this is a problem for me where it's like, I get mad. So I do something that doesn't help anyone and looks confusing and makes it probably the worst for me. And then people are like, what are you doing? You're tying yourself in this weird ma and like not and screaming in the middle of the street. And I'm like, you did this to me. And they're like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, and I'm like, ah, and then eventually I have to like get up and leave the street. You know, it's like, why am I doing this stuff? It's just, it's not helping. You know, it's this toxic anger that goes nowhere. I don't know. Can you try talking? I think I blew out my headphones. You know, my headphones have been having this problem. Yes. Yes, I can. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I can hear you yeah anyway yeah but so it's like i my problems with my parents and my family are the same kind of way it's like i just kind of a drawing these lines and be but it's like i don't think i explain it super well so by all rights they might not know at all what my deal is and they're like he's just being so weird and it's because i've drawn this arbitrary line that i haven't necessarily completely clearly communicated i want to say i have but who knows let's just open the door for maybe i'm vlogging this way but what I'm trying to say is my brother listens to this podcast. I don't talk to my brother. I don't like hearing from my brother. I don't like interacting with my brother. I do love my brother, but I don't like interacting with him. Um, he loves validation and my parents fucked him up really bad. And, um, you know, it's, it's been really off putting to me. And so as I've pulled away from my brother, he kind of, you know, I think it hurts him really deeply because he has this kind of issue and I'm kind of not kind of like, I'm kind of feeding into that issue of this, like lack of validation or something, but you know, I'm a real person with feelings. And when he talks to me or and tries to communicate with me, it really hurts me and it makes me feel bad. And I dwell on it because I don't want to act like this is my brother, but I'm just a broken, fucked up person. And so if my brother wanted to, um, you know, if my brother cared about me as a person that he wanted a relationship with and not just as this weird trophy for validation that he's missing from his life, you know, you would think that he would not continue to contact me, but, um, but he does. And it's a bummer because, He's a kind, he's a cool guy. He's funny. He's smart. And like, but I just, 
I don't want to deal. I just don't want to. I talked about last week that like once this negative stimulus shows up, there's nothing you can do. You just have to mute or block the person so it can stop coming through to you. And I don't want to block my brother, you know, because he's not a Twitter, Twitter troll or a random idiot, but it's the same sort of situation where it's like, well, what do I do? I just have this negative stimulus that's continuing to pour in. I don't like that. That's basically why I don't talk to any of my family, you know? Anyway, so if he's listening to this, take a fucking hint. I'm so sorry for doing this to you on a podcast that's broadcasting. You know, Schraub Home Video is going to be later today. So like we're getting more audiences. This is even more embarrassing than normal. And maybe I should have thought of that before starting this train of thought, you know, but but here I am and and I'm a bad person. It's the same sort of situation at the Arby's, you know, I, who knows? And and, um, you know, um, Oh, you know, I forgot to say the last the last part of the story is that the guy that was acting as the intermediary the whole time, as I was pulling forward, he like flips me off and I look at him and I say, sir, this is an Arby's. That didn't really happen, but that would have been funny, right? That would have. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, what else? Do I have any other stories? <laughs> I got one more. I got one more thing. Um, I was going to talk about this last week but i forgot i gotta pull it up uh i was texting with my friend abby we all know abby uh anti-vax abby i think you call her um and uh it's it's fine you know uh, she's got a lot of ignorance and she admits her ignorance but you think a a self-admitted ignorant would not double down on the things that they self-admit ignorance about right that's it becomes a little different than ignorant once you start saying i don't know what i'm talking about and i'm still going to argue and tell you that you don't know what you're talking about it's like that's a bit that's a more this is not ignorance that becomes willful anyway um so she texts me i know you hate joe rogan but have you listened to the dr malone one of the guys who was involved in creating the vaccine so i guess there's this joe rogan episode where they had this guy who's called dr malone on who's involved in creating the vaccine i don't know so immediately my hackles are up because it's like what the fuck is this going to be about joe rogan's the biggest piece like everything he talks about is so stupid you know uh like this is going to be nonsense but this is going to become an internet event because it already is because it's fucking joe rogan having this guy on that's like i made the coven i don't know what the fuck's going on but i'm already pissed so (laughs) i'm like no but i'm sure the guy who's uh, who is consistently wrong about everyone and or everything and whose business model relies on just having a bunch of idiot nazis on his show to lie and spread hate probably backed into some new horrible truth that conveniently fits into your worldview that changes everything we think we know about COVID and vaccines you know it's a bit sarcastic um so she responds you should listen to it and let me know what you think i already told you what i think there's no reason to believe anyone that show is telling the truth they're constantly long wrong and lying about everything they talk about lol okay joe rogan is probably personally responsible for more COVID deaths than like the vast majority of media figures who aren't fox news do you think the uh, doctor who Joe Rogan had on talked about was uh, about how great the vaccine was, was also lying? Just curious. Why would you trust a person who thinks it's important for you to know two completely conflicting things about the vaccine? That person clearly doesn't care what his show puts out. I'm not talking about Joe Rogan, but they're going on Joe Rogan for a reason. I'm talking about the interesting information he had uh, on the podcast who is involved with creating the vaccine. It's interesting. Or it's lies. Everything could be a lie. It was just an interesting listening, and I was curious to see your thoughts. 
There's a lot of doctors who think the vaccine is bad. He created it, though. There's a lot of people who shouldn't be doing the job they have. It's like an atheist pastor. What did he say? I'm not going to listen to it. Joe Rogan sounds like Kermit the Frog, and she never responded to me. Um, later, oh, just to follow up, um, I didn't tell her about this because it doesn't matter. But later, I found out that this guy was involved with the creation of or with the research into MR, mRNA vaccines decades ago as a graduate student. So as a graduate student, you're also always, you're often used as kind of like a glorified intern. I don't know. That's, that's reductive. I don't know the, I don't know the, the deal, but I know that a lot of times they get a lot of brute force from students that they use for valuable scientific purposes, you know, but the grad students, I don't think usually go on to like kind of claim to be sole creditor. And this person has like since then gone on to just say like, I invented the, like he didn't invent anything. Like he might've done a couple research trials in like one stage of this like years long development or something. I don't know, but he's like, but what, one of the things he does is go, goes around like claiming that he doesn't get enough credit for creating the vaccine and saying it's actually bad because of the corporations. And it's just like, it's all just nonsense. And like, it's like it's like the fucking flaming hot cheetos guy who who actually invented flaming hot popcorn which you can be proud of inventing flaming hot popcorn that's fine and that's cool but when you go around saying you created flaming hot cheetos because that's a better story like then you're lying and you're taking other people's achievements away and it's not like i don't know it, it, it becomes ridiculous it's like he could say like you know i was a graduate student that worked on the mrna vaccine and then the government decided that the world was actually flat you know he could still do that but he's going on because it's not about that it's just about he's a fucking crazy person um anyway there's there's a that was the sidebar because she never responded to me and so then i saw you know you see this uh this this story going around on the internet that this the anti-vax people are telling their followers to drink their pee uh to boost their immune system against COVID. and so i texted abby uh the next day hearing some interesting research about alternative way alternative ways to prevent COVID. and then i sent her a link to the the drink your own pee thing and she responds oh i already do that and so i'm like haha and she's like i'm being serious so the thing is it would have been a really good joke because she does do like water sports in her pornography work so like it's funny to be like hi i drink pee anyway you know because it's like that's part of the sexual act that's happening but she seems to literally do this for some natural preventative purpose it didn't work she actually caught covid by the way she's already fine so you know uh you know i'm sure drinking, she'll be convinced that she was wrong yeah the whole drinking pee to prevent covid thing started as a prank on 4chan that they were like hey let's see how many people we can get to believe this and it took off amazingly well yeah but but pee in medicine dates back to ancient oh, yeah. ancient folk medicine so like yeah that's specifically sure i i didn't know that but that's interesting um yeah so uh yeah what do you have to say about all this i talked for what 33 minutes and a half yeah no i i i feel your your pain at trying to get through to somebody who's just so deep into this self-reinforcing uh misinformation that it's just it's so hard to logic your way into a discussion with somebody like that when every bit of knowledge they have is so wrong that it's there's just you don't even know where to start 
you know, and I think that's that's the problem that we're at right now is that there's a, a substantial percentage of the country that is misinformed about so many things at just a factual level. It's not a case of just opinion. It's a case of like, hey, th- this thing that you believe to be a, 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 you know, a fact that's indisputable is just based off of total nonsense. I don't know how to get around that. I don't know what we should do. You know, what do you have any takes on that or, or, or what you think? society should do about this problem no it's the (laughs) ultimate problem you know it's because you can't i mean that's why i had that rant that got everyone mad about if someone doesn't value something i don't know what to do about them other than to limit their ability to influence things right you know if we just said okay well fascists can't be in politics that would solve that problem but you know like like if they're like you know i'm running for president if i win i'm gonna make black people illegal and people are like yeah it's like you can't convince them not to do that they think that's good like that's what they think good is when they eat chocolate they're like when they eat racism they're like delicious you know how you be like no actually chocolate's good you know it's like you can't convince someone of that they're like oh i love eating shit you know i love eating poop like it's like it's 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 it you can't it's not logic you know um there's i mean it's it's at best it comes from emotion but i think the thing is our emotional predispositions uh you know drive us to be like i'm sick of everything and they don't like i was just tweeting about this they don't drive us to be like ah this sucks i'm gonna start really doing charity and volunteering for causes you know you don't get so fed up you do something good like you don't get so fed up you unblock an arby's you know like 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 i never like you don't get mad and then do something positive like it, this is not entirely true you know there's cases where it's not true but in general you know we're not our best when we're dealing with shit. so as we exist in a world with shit, we're constantly having bad reactions that are not going to create a positive result how do we stop that i don't know that's like what humans do that's kind of what we do you know we can hope to to learn it in ourselves but i don't know and that's what's so crazy thing like abby actually is smart like it's weird like like there's stuff she's dumb about but like there's there's a lot of capacity she has to like understand complex things she's really good at doing a lot of complicated uh like work related tasks and stuff and you can you can tell her understanding all all this stuff but then also she just has this different sort of value system and programming that there's just some people you you just have to want to change it like you can't you can't incept a desire to change into people like that because in their mind what they're doing is working it's not working but in their mind it is and for some reason with some people it is it is working for donald trump for instance like why do you convince him not to be donald trump he's like no i want to be you know cyber hitler like that's that's what i want to do you shouldn't want that that's not what someone should want but if they do what do we do we put them in jail like that's all we can do you know or or ban them from stuff i don't know like but i'm not proposing that it's just like it's not really a solvable problem um but yeah (sighs) we should talk about the news uh uh the news brought to you by the exotic soda company and we got a quick plug from the exotic soda company hey there i'm i'm the the american dad and i'm coming through to punch all the nazis and i can't punch the nazis without a a great tasty fill up from the best beverages on the planet exotic soda co beverages i'm the american dad i got a big chin because i'm the same dad from the television show oh boy use the promo code that happens for 15 percent off at checkout at the exotic soda co and punch the nazis and we're back um 
so yeah uh yeah in the nazi news um we already played the nazi theme right so we don't gotta play it again i guess um they are aligning with anti-vax people to amp up violent rhetoric violent anti-vax rhetoric because if you could propose something partisan um you know they should get to kill you for that so if they can just associate if the if the violent white supremacists can just normalize the concept of associating just any given democratic policy platform <laughs> with responding with violence you know then they can just kill us in the streets that's great so that's happening uh they're they're really in in uh, white nationalists are planning all the uh, anti-vax rallies and introducing the rhetoric and it's bad and that's the news oh wait we do have the outro music theme song right i guess we'll have to pull it up but we got to use that because what's his face yeah i got the rock where the fuck is jeff no um it's fine jeff is fine you guys i get really mad i just i'm a really passive aggressive person this is how i process the things is talking about people behind their back in ways that will be sure to blow up in everyone's faces like it's not a good way to deal with things i'm aware of that i didn't really learn a better way of dealing with it so you know this is what you get uh jeff's good you should go to his patreon oh speaking of his patreon i have a spytreon and we're we're trying to beat jeff and we're really close i think if we had 15 more uh patrons we will uh have overtaken jeff in the number of patrons so yeah once that happens i guess we'll celebrate i don't know we gotta figure out a good prize um maybe uh yeah maybe your prize is you go to arby's and you just cause a huge scene and um yeah man this is a terror the thing is like white privilege whatever it's it's like i was willing to wait for cops to show up like people could have died as a result of like this whole like like it's it's not impossible like that some crazy shit could have gone down it's a, yeah thank god nothing was thank god i didn't get hurt thank god no one else got hurt anyway uh okay but it's time for a show and taste right that's that's what we were actually alluding to what, what do you got for us kevin so we got a few of them we have a watermelon fanta you want to start with that one yeah it's red where this one's actually from and uh it's not in english this one's got 160 calories for a 16.9 ounce bottle yeah i don't know it's fanta right isn't this fanta yes i think it's fanta in a different language but yeah yeah it is it even says it on the back okay well i guess i'm gonna try it i wonder how carbonated this one is very lightly carbonated i wonder no it's just got to be more flat right yeah, like i can't imagine Ch this is from china by the way right china there you go I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, oh, in, in China, they have less carbonation in their drinks, but I think this actually is flat. Yeah, mine's a little flat too, but I don't know. it. They all seem to be about the same level of flat, so I don't know, but it's... This is yeah. good, though, flavor-wise. It, it's more of a, like a green melon kind of, like a, a rock melon or something, kind of cantaloupe kind of melon or honeydew, honeydew flavor. Or, yeah. No, it, it's good, and it, it almost reminds me of like what could be a Mountain Dew one day yeah and it does have normal watermelon too i just think it's like maybe half kind of watermelony and half more of that kind of honeydew kind of green melony flavor yes yeah so once again use the promo code um that happens for 15 percent off the price 
and uh, 30% off the carbonation. <laughs> um, I'm going to grab the next one, which is the yellow one. I don't know. This one, this yeah. Mango. I, mango is a good flavor. Now, I, I'm told that the real mangoes that you got to eat can't be found like in America. You got to get them from like Pakistan, but they're not like legal. So they got to be, they're like smuggled into like Texas or something. And then they get like, uh, sold informally through telegram channels or something um to get these real pakistani uh mangoes which are supposed to just be way 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 better than the so, what you can get here so what makes them illegal mangoes i uh, just customs you know how like okay. there's things that you just can't import that are vegetation man okay so one time i went to australia oh you know the harmontown tour where we went to australia and um i allegedly may have brought things on the plane to australia uh including a sandwich just a normal sandwich and when i got to australia they said um they said uh we gotta search your bag for anything illegal or uh banned and i was like oh i guess i'm gonna go to australian prison and um they looked through my snacks um you know and they didn't find anything in my snacks which you know i didn't do anything but I was very surprised by, but then they did look at my sandwich and they're like, what's this? And I was like, it's a sandwich. And they're like, what's in it? And I was like, salami, goat cheese, uh, spinach. What do you call it? Uh, arugula. Um, oh, there's artichoke hearts. And they're like, you can't have this. And I was like, what? It's a sandwich. And they're like, yeah, it's, it's an, uh, it's a foreign species. It can't, it's like, I don't know. And so they made I had me the same throw thing out my sandwich. It was like an expensive fucking sandwich. I make a travel sandwich, uh, uh, Kevin. I make a travel sandwich that I learned from 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 Food Network. You make it on a giant like piece of ciabatta style bread, and then you smash it with like pots and pans or like heavy weights in the fridge after you make it. And so it squishes down. It, it becomes really firm and kind of almost jellied or congealed. And then you can slice it into like cubes or like strips that store really well. They're easy to freeze or refrigerate. And then you can just have this giant sandwich that you can feed like two or three people like for a whole 24 hours or something on. And it'll just go be good that whole time because it's like cured meats and stuff. It won't go bad immediately. So I just have this travel sandwich that I make sometimes. So I was bringing that and I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. If I don't find any food to eat, I'll have the travel sandwich. It'll be amazing. And then they took like, like $25 of sandwich and threw it out. <laughs> um, but, but yeah so you can't you can't bring a, if i can't bring a sandwich to australia you you sure as hell can't bring good fucking mangoes to america i guess is the moral of the story um and yeah also on my patreon i have a uh what do you call it a uh, a patreon discord and we have a live chat for that happens so if you hate the shrub home video discord as much as i do you know you should join my spytreon and spite them by joining my patreon and you can see you know the epic chat that's going on such as shitcoin sherpa saying ai generated jeffisodes or edward fingerhand saying a wall of meat you know that could be you one day uh who could imagine anyway you want to try this soda kevin yeah let's, let's try some mango okay uh yeah you go first and i'll narrate he's okay. sniffing he's drinking he's remembering his childhood um what I'm do not you got? a fan of this one i'm, I'm not uh, yeah boy, i don't i don't know how to explain this one it's it's not it's it's not sweet but all you taste is sweetness 
It tastes more sense. like nectarines. You ever have a nectarine? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of got this nectary kind of syrupy sweetness to it. That's like this fruity. It's more of like this wholesome syrupy, but it's still like this kind of fruity cloying kind of sweetness. It doesn't have the tang that I typically associate with mangoes, right? Mangoes have more of a tang. Obviously, I think this would be better with the carbonation, but I don't I don't think that's enough to save it. It's it's like it's almost like a really whack pineapple soda or something like there's some good pineapple kind of flavors that are artificial, but something you get when it's just like, yeah, this is just like they they sprayed tropical cologne into sugar or something right yeah yeah it, it, i would never have guessed mango i don't think for this one yeah yeah i can cut yeah i guess i wouldn't have guessed if i didn't know um and then we got this blue one it's right, shikata so, yeah this is from bulgaria and it's blue fanta shikata which is supposed to be a blend of lemon and elderflower oh i love that elderflower there should be more elderflower there should be more currants you know there's no currants in america yeah so this yeah it's like a it's like a blue lemonade it has this it, kind it, of floral yeah it it tastes almost like i'm not saying it tastes like soap it tastes like how soap smells yeah it's it's because these aromatic notes that are i guess you'd call them the elderflower they're really heavily you know how often do you drink a soda that just has like really solid aromatic kind of presence you know it you don't the aromatics kind of hit the back of your throat and your nasal passages whereas the flavors hit in your mouth and but this you get this very clear aromatic yeah you know, like you said this floral kind of uh fabric softener maybe kind of i, I like it like i i wouldn't say it's negative but you do you not like it you kind of you know fabrics like what you described it it sounded like a negative connotation right it, it's not an unpleasant flavor but it's not one i think i would drink more than once or twice you know i i, I won't crave this tomorrow and be like wow i wish i had another yeah i like it i think this is my favorite um i think with carbonation it would be really solid and i guess more than that i just think that like i can imagine someone making like this kind of beverage with real lemons and real elderflowers and that being like really good like i get i can see this working you know it's yeah. just not just didn't get there and i don't know. You know maybe this is the american me too but yeah i think all of these would be better more carbonated yeah that's yeah um i i agree with that sorry someone was texting me and i thought it was something that i did i don't know anyway um well we got two more you let's just keep going huh we gotta we gotta we got ourselves quite the snack log as well you know honestly uh we got these leaves ketchup yeah so i don't know if you've been spent much time in canada but like in Canada, ketchup flavored potato chips are amazingly popular and they're really good. I wish they were more popular here. Um, I'm, they're kind of gaining steam a little yeah. bit, a little bit, but yeah, you probably still can't find them in most places. I don't like ketchup. I don't know. I, I think it's more of a mental block than anything else. I've never liked ketchup. Ketchup chips are fine. It still has that kind of mental block kind of situation for me. So it's like, I can't fully enjoy ketchup chips, but ketchup chips, their flavor profile is very similar to a salt and vinegar chip. You know, it's just, you also have some tomato. -y. You yeah, know, it's I almost like salt sweet. and vinegar, but with kind of like a molasses kind of, you know, syrupy add on to it. 
But yeah, yeah so these for are, sure. These are Cheetos shaped like maple leaves to, you know, be as Canadian as possible. Yeah. And yeah. So what, what are you thinking of your first bite? I had um, very sour. Probably that's the strongest note that hits me is just sour. Um, and then you get the corn, the crisp corn, which is really, it tastes kind of like cereal, like a corn pop corn. You know, you, if you eat a corn pop, it has this very specific kind of corny puffed flavor. It's not like a Cheeto. Like it doesn't have the same, it's a much cornier character. They kind of put, put like a normal Cheeto. They kind of knock that out of it. And it just is kind of like a flavorless. This is kind of uh, like cornmeal, I think. Mm-hmm. Is, is 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 the texture of it? It's it's nice. I really, am, yeah. I only get vinegar. Like I'm not really getting flavor. I don't know. What about you? Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of vinegar, but with a little bit of the sweetness of ketchup. But I'm not getting the tomato flavor. Yeah, I'm not really getting tomato. That's so weird. I mean, I guess maybe I could buy you know dehydrated tomato tasting a little bit like this. But yeah, it's just kind of like a sour kind of corn almost. Um. You know, it's not going to be as good as a, a ketchup chip. Um, so yeah, don't get mad at us, Canada. But all right, we got one more. Let's 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 so this power is from through it. China. This is steak flavored here. Steak flavored Cheetos. Are these from yeah. China? Yeah, these are from China. Are these all from China? Um, the blue one was from Bulgaria, but and the ketchup right, was yeah. from Canada. But other than that, yes. They smell like fucking like beef bullion. Okay, so Spencer's tasting it now. He seems they he taste seems like enjoying it. They taste like steak seasoning, but not the steak, if that makes sense. I mean, it's very light. I wish there's more of it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of that grilled flavor, mm-hmm. a little bit of, you know fat being cooked but not steak itself but with some steak seasonings on top of it, like some rosemary or something like that yeah um i mean i really like it but it's just because i think it's kind of you just get this mild sweet corn puff with just a little bit of spice or a seasoning right yeah no this is this is definitely good i would i would eat these yeah i'd get more of these for sure i don't know like how they'd stack up to like I don't know. I think we talked about those Mexican Cheetos. Uh, yes. I think those would probably be better than this, but it's very good. Um, but yeah, well, that was uh, show and taste. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You guys, what am I doing? I'm uh, broadcasting my beefs with my brother. I'm uh, causing spectacles. I'm becoming a Karen. I mean, are you kidding me? Um, okay, so in the chat, Banshira says, you got to try the Canadian Lay's ketchup chips. I've tried them before, and I don't remember how they fl- taste other than what I've talked about previous. Um, what, what, what should we do? Is there any other bits that we haven't done? We talked about Nazis. We talked about Jeff. Uh yeah oh i mean i want to i've talked about it before but i want to do DD. i want to do videos a video series teaching how to play DD. i've been starting to work on that and um yeah if you go to my patreon you can see like behind the scenes into that process as it continues <clears throat> but yeah it's gonna i want it to come out on youtube and then you can be all like 
hey friend that doesn't know how to play DD and who always wanted to learn here's the videos and you can learn and who knows okay. how that'll go who knows i don't know i've always where wanted to be a teacher with with teaching someone D, you know where do you start with teaching somebody DD? like they, there's so much to learn and so you know it, it's really hard to just jump into it where do you start with teaching somebody well you start with the first script which i have done uh and it starts with an opening graphic of course you know you gotta start so that's how you start uh teaching someone how to play dnd is with an opening graphic and then you know you do a clip from harman quest i think you know because that's actually showing people playing kind of dnd in a real way and then i guess you'd, you'd start by saying welcome to spencer crittenden's uh the video series uh no i don't okay so the way i'm breaking it down th that's the part of the hard part about DD is people have all these expectations so you got to kind of say forget everything you think you know about DD. let me set the table this is this is what it is to do this you're going to need these things and then you're going to need to learn how to do these things so like for me the first video is supposed to just lay all that out be like you know dnd is role playing with your friends it's it's this it's that and uh you need dice you need a character this is what a character is we'll talk about all these things uh we're going to teach you how to play dnd that's going to take you know place over the course of these video series you could go to those now if you want to do this video series you know you know, continue on to the next one, but don't forget, you're going to need the player's handbook. The whole thing is all the rules are in the player's handbook and you don't, it's, it's not clear how you're supposed to read the player's handbook. Although if you just read it, it actually works really well, but you know, people don't know it's daunting. It's overwhelming. You see a 300 page book and you're like, am I going to have to read this whole thing? It feels like a class without, it feels like a class without the class you know so what i want to do is actually make the class where if the player's handbook is a textbook it's a textbook for this class where you read a signed reading that i give you because it's not like oh i have to read the whole book it's like no read pages four through eight and then we'll talk about them you know and then you could skip the next few pages and you only have to read this section and then let's talk about that you know so that's kind of what i want to do is is be all like look how you play is by learning from the player's handbook and you could do that by reading it. But if you can't do it by reading it, we're going to read it together. I'm going to tell you what to skip, what to focus on. And then I'll talk about what I think is important. And then, you know, hopefully you can be comfortable with that process in order to continue either with or without the videos, you know? So that's, yeah, I don't know. I, I've been talking about it too much just because I should probably work more on it. I've worked a lot on it, but I just want to, I want to get it done. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. But I think I think I can probably I think I can finally at least try to do it. Who knows? You know, it's a hard thing to teach, but I've done it before. I teach people to play D and D all the time. You know, um, the thing is, like, if you can make your own character sheet and then you can point to a couple specific parts of it, you can play D and D, and that's basically the standard we set for our guests on Harmon Quest. You know, that's all they did. Um, I would even color code uh, the the character sheets being like okay here's your saves they're this little pink slip and then here's your skills they're this blue slip and here's your attacks they're green and so like you know uh whenever we say oh what's your skills they'll be like oh he said that was green and then they at least know where to go and then they could tell me what's on the sheet you know groups are different from group to group but 
I think a lot of groups, if you can just say what you want your character to do, and when they ask you to point out things on your sheet, if you can do that to any meaningful extent, and they can help you with that, you can play D&D. And so part of it is just getting them that, to that stage, just getting their character sheet down. But then I want to keep going, and it's like, well, if you're still not comfortable, let's talk about all the rules, and then let's talk about all the combat rules. You know, and uh, yeah, anyway, I don't know. I guess I talked too much about that, but I'm just, I, I got to do it. It's, 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 it's my... It's my life's work uh, is to create a resource that could teach people to play, learn to play D&D on their own, which is a very uh, overwhelming task that people want to do and never follow through on because they don't know how, you know, anyway. I've noticed like, you know, on Harmontown here and especially in the Harmon Quest as a dungeon master, you've been very loose with rules. I think kind of like, you know, the, the rule of funny, you know, if if it's funny or if it gets us past a difficult point, you're pretty loose on procedure and process and things like that. Is that how you recommend newbies to start playing the game or is it important to get the rules down first? Well, the thing is like the game flows through the dungeon master. So it's kind of at the whim of the dungeon master. And that's part of what we want to teach in the class is that like anything we're talking about is kind of the basic way to do it. But depending on how your DM wants to do it or how your group works, you might do it a completely different way, you know? So because of that, you know, it's not every single rule needs to be in your brain. It's more, what do I have to expect? And then how do I kind of live up to the expectations that show up, you know? So I, I think that, I think that you, you don't really need to know the rules, even if you are operating with them a lot, uh, cause the, the DM is the only person that needs to know the rules. If they say, I want to attack, you can tell them you should be able to, if you're the DM to tell them what, what the rules operation is, you know, they shouldn't have to know that, but they don't, when you don't know how to play, you don't know what you should focus on. You don't know what's not important and what you can not focus on, you know, and that's part of why it's overwhelming, which is again, part of why it's all just going to be about trying to get them to their first D and D game. And then they know what to expect moving forward. And then, you know, then they'll feel a lot better about it. Um, but I don't know. The thing is in D and D, there the dm gets to set when you make roles and when you don't make roles and i used to be more intractable and uh what do you call it like strict about stuff in the past but the, i've read more about DD stuff that like say you know it's fun to to play off of the other players and kind of go with the energy and stuff and like i don't know in one of the i think it's in fourth edition but i don't know it might have been in another book but in one of the books official books it just talks about um like saying like oh there's this it, it's kind of like a hypothetical situation where the dm is announcing a foreboding tower with like a, a few birds kind of flying around it and then in the situation the player like just kind of improvises uh and a dark tentacle snaps out of the tower and grabs the bird strangling it and pulling it from the sky which is completely outside of the realm of what the players can do you know that's what a dm would do but in this situation the dm was like that's awesome and they said yeah that happens hey that's the name of the podcast um but and then and it became just this fun moment and it didn't necessarily mean that now the player is going to keep on trying to make up things and make them real but it's like the player was kind of trying to introduce this cool idea and the dm was like yeah well, that's what we're doing we're doing these cool things and trying to make these fun interesting stories you know so so 
even though your your urge might be able to be like no let's let's execute the rules it's like well what are we doing we're trying to have fun uh come together tell fantasy stories like in movies and stuff there's moments that kind of defy explanation or happen just because they're cool you know and we don't really think about them so it's like you know if you want to deliver more of that experience there's there's not really any harm to it um so I think that's kind of why I've moved more in that direction. I don't think it's really about the rules or not the rules, but it's also, it's like, yeah, it's just like, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to look up how long it'll take to suffocate? Or are we trying to have like, you know, have a fun time and I'll just say how long it'll take you to suffocate and maybe it's right or it's wrong, but we're still going and Hey, now it doesn't even matter. And you got up out of the water anyway. And so why would we even bother looking up the suffocation rules? Because they didn't even come into play at all, you know? And I just think a lot of times like, pushing into rules minutia is just like what, what are we trying to do here you know and again every game is different maybe people really enjoy delving into the rules minutia and if that's what their group wants i don't want to shit on that but you know to me it's never really added too much to the experience and so it's just not what i focus on um yeah i, I what i focus on is just trying to keep things moving i don't know how good i do about that but that's kind of my thought process is just let's Let's keep stuff, uh, keep things going. If people seem like they're checking out, let's try to get them engaged if I can, you know, and those are kind of my more concerns, which drives me to, you know, push past things and make new things happen and cool things happen and not just, you know, try and look up the rules or execute. It's just kind of making gut decisions and moving with them, which, yeah. you know, that's, that's part of the rules. That was what it says in the book. It says the rule number one is the DM's word is God. It doesn't matter what any rule does or doesn't say that's that's so any any rule i'm not following is the rules you know but it's another thing that people don't necessarily know about DD because they haven't read the books because it's hard to read you know and and you don't have to read and 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 but but at the same time all this this wonderful body of knowledge is is here um i've read so many uh D rule books i've read rule books for other rpgs the fifth edition player's handbook is definitively the best reading experience and, and organized in the best possible way that has ever been done in any RPG ever, in my opinion. I'm sure there might be a couple corner cases that have done it a little bit better, but I think like for what it does, it gives you all like the right information kind of when you need it. It, it glosses over what it, it can and it focuses on what it has to. And it's really just beautifully designed as someone who had to learn in the original third edition books. It's like, I fucking wish I had the fifth edition uh, player's handbook. It's it's designed to teach someone who doesn't know what to what they're doing, how to learn how to play, which is not how the other books have been designed. And I've read like the Shadowrun book. The All the books have a lot of cool stuff in them and they lay things out or think about things differently and it's good to get those perspectives but just the structure and the way the structure feeds into how someone experiences the book and learns the information contained within like like dnd's fifth edition is just light years ahead of basically everything else that i've read but again there's there's valuable and the uh, there's value in the other perspectives uh, i like Shadowrun thinks about things in terms of of scenes like you would put in a heist movie so it's like in this scene they have to do research so that's actually going to abide by kind of different rules than a scene that's during combat or something and just thinking about it in terms of scenes and like hey we can actually cut past this because it's not an important scene you know and thinking in that way is really interesting and completely uh different than the way like DD kind of talks about setting up a, a campaign but having all this information in different approaches is really great and really interesting and i highly recommend uh people read all this other stuff but but yeah um but yeah so i i i really want to uh i don't know 
One of the things that really like impressed me about Harmon Quest was that you had people coming on the show that I'm pretty sure had never played D&D before. And, yeah, and we never had a pre-meeting like in a lot. One thing that I realized last week is that I could have just called all these people on the phone, called them into the office and talked about stuff weeks before we could have gone over ideas, made sure they were clear. But it was just so successful that I didn't have to on the day. I would be like, here's your character sheet. Your guy is going to jump in a hole and then get mad at the sky and she can shoot ice. You know, here's this. This is how many, you know, this is your bag. It's full of funny things. It's funny if you say, I got a thing in my bag. People love that. Like, you know, I just set it up really, really quick and it, you know, it succeeded, but well, sorry, I cut you off. Continue. No, that was, that was the answer to my question was how much time did you spend preparing the people to be on there, the guests to be on the show? And what did you tell them? Yeah. Like five, like literally five minutes. Um, people were in varying, varying levels of interested in, uh, what I had to say, which was varying levels of stressful for someone that was trying to create a narrative cohesive show that hinged on the, the person's involvement. Um, but yeah, I would say, okay, so we're all familiar with improv D and a lot like improv, except, uh, in improv, you can say, I have a gun. I'm the King of France. Oh, and then people have to go, oh my God, the King of France has a gun. You know, in D&D, your character is defined by this character sheet. It has what you own and your kind of things. And you can kind of do anything a, a person in that position would reasonably do, but it's defined. You can't just say I'm the king and that becomes true. Now the DM can make up all this stuff all he wants. He's the only one who has that power, but you kind of have to do what your character does. Um, you know, um, here's your character sheet uh you don't have to know what any of this stuff is but sometimes we'll ask you to check these things so so just so you know where they are again i color coded things so in pink we have your saves in blue we have your skills in green we have your abilities and magic and then in yellow you have your items you know you can do any of these things i also wrote them i also wrote the character sheets in a, in a in a language that was specifically designed to be readable uh to a person who didn't understand i left out all the rules terms and just gave them the kind of um like gist of things because i knew the rules so instead of like uh like a smite from a paladin is like you do one damage for each level plus your charisma bonus on an extra attack if you declare a smite it'll say smite three times per day you can smite people does extra damage and then they say i smite and it's like well i know because i have my notes that it does 1d10 extra damage you know so 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 i also made it so the player didn't have to track very much stuff that they didn't understand and they didn't even need understand the sheet they just need to be able to read items and make jokes about spells they have and then if i said hey do you see a word that says constitution what's that number they could answer the question which that's basically playing DD if you have a good dm uh, and then and then we also before the show would do a fake a fake run through where i would just kind of give them a more improv presence pre uh, premise where it's like oh you know Patton oswald you're at the 7-eleven and a guy starts ripping the slurpy machine off the wall what do you do you know and then they just say like i run and call the cops and i'm like you're role playing and everyone applauds you know and we usually cut that out but it's like you know that's that's what's going to happen you'll have your character but that's what we're doing you know and and that kind of greased the wheels even further but it looks like that's our time huh we got to get out of here yeah yep we're out of time 
yeah so thanks so much you guys like uh, like i said check out my patreon check out jeff's patreon uh but check out mine we're trying to beat jeff's patreon and we get a reward once that happens i don't know what it will be maybe it'll just be the minecraft server but either way um what else uh yeah look forward for my uh my my dnd teaching series uh you can follow it on that patreon um kevin is uh wants you to buy silver <laughs> hoard silver is that's what kevin says uh buy it from uh, me we got yes. shop home video coming up right what what's what's happening yeah we have a brand new episode of found trap tonight on shophomevideo.com so if you're listening to the podcast not watching this live every sunday night we have hours of live shows including this one at shophomevideo.com starts at 3 p.m pacific uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, go to shrobhomevideo.com. Watch us. Join our Discord. Uh, don't talk to Spencer on there, and yeah. everyone's happy. Yeah, well, you can't. I mean, I'll, I'll solve your problem there. You can't. Um, but yeah, tune in next week and see if Jeff's here. Uh, he, he, he actually might be. Who knows? Um, I'm, I wouldn't hold him to that. You know, it would be a little much to expect he shows up. But, uh, you know, uh, as, as always, uh, as, as we always say, um fanta uh more like i hardly good night everybody